Hello, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk About Movies. I'm your host, Diego Crespo, continuing our unofficial trilogy of Scooby-Doo retrospectives for the Halloween season. We are back. We've come full circle. uh, And we're here to talk about Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie Island, a follow-up to the best Scooby-Doo thing maybe ever in the history of existence. Uh, With me to talk about it again is Christian Patches Morgutia. How are you, my friend? Like zoinks, Diego. I can't believe Scooby-Doo's 50 years old as of today. Yeah. Or this year, actually. Not not today. That was a, like a week or two ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, ha- happy birthday, Scooby. You're, you're so old, and most of your stuff is really good or watchable, and that's very impressive. Uh, no spoilers, but will that hold up when we talk about today's movie? Who knows? Listen to find out. What have you been up to since the last time we've been recording? Well, besides work, I watched uh, Return of Zombie Island a week ago, I think. And uh, I have some feelings about it. I also have feelings. We've been to every haunted house, park, and carnival, north, south, east, and west of the Mississippi. We don't have a mystery to solve. Maybe we solve them all. We're going on vacation. Let me just say really quick that I watched uh, the second live-action film again. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about it, but I was pleasantly surprised. It's not a great movie either, but I enjoyed it much more than the first film, and I don't know if that's a controversial, like, take <laughs> or opinion. But uh, it, it depends, I think, on, on who you talk to, really. Some people like it more, some people dislike it. I'm kind of like one of the people that likes the first live-action movie better. But, again, I haven't given Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed uh, another watch in what seems like forever. So, who knows? Maybe my opinion will change on that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think it's, it's nicer. It feels less mean, which, uh, which I actually kind of appreciated. But, history yeah. time. I love this shit. All right. So, as we all know, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and the live-action Scooby-Doo movie... Uh, we're both responsible for really kickstarting Scooby-Doo up again after being dormant for a few years in the 90s. So after the 2002 film, people like to rip on that one because, you know, that was the cool thing to do back then. To the point where... So after the first live-action film, the fun thing to do was rip on it, regardless of whether or not you liked it. And in the 2003 films, Looney Tunes back in action... There is a scene early in the movie where Scooby and Shaggy, voiced by Shaggy, voiced by Casey Kasem again, is meeting with Matthew Lillard at a restaurant, and they're just totally just ripping on him for his performance. And I just think that's very important to call out in this situation. I don't know because so many people have come around to Matthew Lillard, and like we talked about last time too, where the like. Just the meme quality alone of the those films, the live action adaptations, have been um, I kind of elevated it in a weird way, you know. Like I think there's there's been time enough time has passed where people have gained like an appreciation for it. And Matthew Lillard is like you know the defining Shaggy for the generation. So I mean I, I, I don't know I I love Looney Tunes back in action. I'm a huge Joe Dante fan, and that might be like one of his best films. I'm not so gonna yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I mean, 
not to get sidetracked too much, but it was a very good film. It just did not do well financially for whatever reason, which really is a huge shame because Looney Tunes went on this tangent of, oh, well, we got to reinvent the Looney Tunes in order to make them relevant, which is how we ended up getting stuff like Lunatics Unleashed and the, was it the Looney Tunes show and stuff like that, where it's like, they're superheroes and then they're living in the same town in a modern society and some of the characters really got their like personalities and stuff changed and it, it was a mess. Yeah, it, that, it was weird and better. oddly enough I think that movie would have done way better if it came out today because it was like it was kind of one of those first big like franchise reboots you know that really aped on like an audience's connection with old nostalgic characters and like now that's like everything. Yeah, but exactly. That one was, like, really good. This is the so nostalgic age living in. Mm-hmm. That's just a weird time for a lot of movies in general, I think. Yeah, also Brendan Fraser, who is apparently a saint, and I love him. He's unappreciated. Underappreciated, not unappreciated. Very, very much so. Uh, God bless Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Watch Doom Patrol, everyone. He's really good in it. Sure is nice out here on the open sea. Like nothing bad's ever happened in paradise. Yeah. Where did you say this island was that we're going to? The darkest reaches of Davy Jones' locker. We are now making the return to Zombie Island. Electric Boogaloo? Um, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Let's just do a quick rundown of the cast here. So, compared to... Zombie Island, a lot has changed. A lot of the original voice actors have passed. There were, I think, two or three movies where they were able to reunite the original early 1970s cast for a while, minus Don Messick, who had passed away in 97. But now we have Frank Welker returning as Fred, but now doing double duty as Scooby-Doo. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. We got Gray Griffin as Daphne. And the main change is Kate Micucci takes over as Velma. And, of course, we have a guest appearance from Cassandra Peterson, better known as Elvira, Mistress of the Night, as herself. Maybe the biggest name of the cast, uh, which I did not know going in. But I also did not know about Kate Micucci as Velma. And that's a perfect, like pitch perfect i'd say uh casting choice for velma like i i can just i could see it the moment she started talking i didn't know that she was in it either kate micucci i was like oh my god is is she velma and like i freaked out because i'm a big kate micucci fan who doesn't get a a a big spot in the the spotlight too often i mean have you heard her in ducktales no, but I also haven't seen the new DuckTales. She's amazing. Go watch the new DuckTales. Heavily recommend it. I, I, intend, I remember you told me about it a bunch of times, and I, I, just, I just haven't, and that's on me. So I'm sorry. I like, I like the old DuckTales, though, a lot. So I'm, I'm hoping I like this one, too. This one, this one is not trying to recreate it. It sets it apart. That's all I'm going to say right now. Actually, that might be an appropriate jumping-off point for uh, Return to Zomb- Zombie Island, because I think... Before we get into, like, the plot and everything else, I think it's trying to do, like, almost some kind of meta commentary about, like, look, they just remake the same stuff, and so we're trying to do that, too. But, oh, it's something new and different, something that was undiscovered at the same time, but you can't, like, like, that's a conflicting narrative in trying to, like, say, oh, they just go back to the same stuff 
because they don't have any new ideas and then trying to confront that there might have been something that was missing from the old material, but there's never like any marriage of the two ideas. It's just like talking points between the characters and it's all manipulated. And, and if the point of the story was that it was all being manipulated by like um, a generic Scooby-Doo villain, which, which I'm saying in a positive way, you know, like a man behind a mask who was uh, trying to make money off stuff. I, I guess that could have been interesting. And I think they even try to go there, but they don't. Like, the ending's a whiff. We can say that, right? Like, we're going to talk spoilers on this movie, but the ending's a whiff. No, definitely. A huge swing and a miss. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't even think they swung. I think they just ended it. They're like, we're here now. And going back, an... to the, going back to the whole meta about sequels or, like, trying to, you know, bring up past concepts, they do that a lot throughout this movie. My issue is, it's so half-baked. It totally is. Like, they, they don't even try to do anything with it once they start talking about it. Like, they literally just talk about it, and they're like, well, we're doing it. It's, like, it's totally that Deadpool movie thing where it's like, hey, isn't this a superhero movie trope that you guys know about all the time? And, but then they just do it anyways, and it's like, that's not satire. That's not a joke. You're just saying it. That doesn't yeah. mean anything. There, there were, like, a few attempted jokes that I do remember vividly, like, when they're trying to figure out another mystery while they're in the diner. And, like, someone was like, oh, yeah, I heard if you try to program the VCR at a certain time, like, the ghost comes out. And some guy's like, ha, what's a VCR? And I'm like, uh, I got a chuckle out of me, but, oh, God. I don't know. I, I think there's some funny stuff in it. I'm, I'm just referring to, like, the meta commentary stuff. Like, that just oh, no, doesn't no, no. work at all. Well, that and, like... Again, going back to the whole everything's half-baked thing, like, it does, like, try to, like, go back to other Scooby-Doo things and events that have happened before. Like, there is a scene where they go on Velma's blog, and it's part of the Unsolved Mysteries tab, and you just see Shaggy as the reluctant werewolf from Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, the 80s uh, made-for-TV film. And that's really about it, besides... uh, Fred's affinity for making very elaborate traps that we saw in Mystery Incorporated. That's really the only throwbacks to anything that I saw, besides obviously Zombie Island, which, again, I felt like they could have drawn a lot more on Scooby's past for this if this was supposed to be part of the 50th anniversary celebrations. Maybe they didn't look too deep into it, but there were so many other different things they could have referenced. Yeah, it's a really weird... And not entirely successful movie. I, I would say I still enjoyed it. And right off the bat, I would also say that I would recommend it to Scooby-Doo fans. But know that it's nowhere near as good as, uh, as the original Zombie Island. Which I still think is, is the gold standard for, for these kind of things. Uh, I, I could recommend that to like pretty much anyone. And I, I think they'll enjoy it. This one, I'm like, ah, if, if you like Scooby-Doo stuff. You got a free afternoon. Maybe, maybe, maybe put it on. You'll like it. But I mean, you also have to look at it like this. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island was done with a lot of care. They got a lot of writers that were working on Cartoon Network. A lot of the people were working on shows that were going on at the time. They did consult William, Hannah, and Joseph Barbera. They consulted Iwao Takamoto. You know, they did this with a lot of care and effort 
and this one just feels like a lot of the more recent Scooby-Doo movies, and I'll admit that I haven't seen a lot of them, I think, following either Monster of Mexico or The Loch Ness Monster, but it just kind of feels like they did it just to do it, and one of those, it's very evident in the character relations, because even in Zombie Island and in the live action, they've pretty much grown up with each other for a long time, and it's very evident that they all feel very close-knit. One of my huge issues was once they're told by the sheriff that they cannot be solving mysteries and go act like real kids, after Scooby and Shaggy win that trip to Zombie Island that they don't know about on on you know on the show that they're watching, they're trying to make conversation. And I forgot who it was that asked who, where they're like, so uh, what do you like doing besides solving mysteries? And I'm like, you threw out literally so many years of interactions and development out the window to make to make it seem like their only shared interests are solving mysteries and nothing else. You know what? I could honestly roll with that if this was like the first in a new franchise that was completely standalone. Exactly. And it was like launching. It was a new launching off pad. You know, and then, oh, through the mystery, they form their friendships and they become closer and they can open up to each other. But this is following up Zombie Island, which is following up every like generation of Scooby-Doo up to that point. Exactly. So it just it completely fails on that aspect. And uh, yeah, I got to agree. The character stuff was like really bad in this. Um, The the relationships, they feel like they're struggling to come up with anything. Uh, I, I, I like some of the beats. Like, I really like Fred missing the mystery van i think that that works um i think it was a little overdone oh it's totally overdone but like i I rolled with it i liked it uh the 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 just the idea though of them not being able to connect without the mystery stuff is like like who signed off on that like do do they know scooby-doo it's fine if they don't but like again you're following up years of of stories that are just about these people caring about each other while solving mysteries together. It, it feels very hollow. It doesn't feel authentic at all. Definitely. And and I, I gotta say, I gotta I gotta riff on your note right here. All the retcons they try to do with Zombie Island. I'm really glad you you were wanting to bring that up because that's that's what really got me this time. And the idea that these are supposed to be like kids in high school still, it just doesn't work. I, I don't know how you feel about that. No, I, I definitely agree. They just took a huge step backward. I That was my biggest issue with the movie. It's, it's like, oh, Daphne's independent now. She has her own TV show, and Fred's her cameraman, right? And it's like, oh, no, that was just an internship at the TV station. If you were an intern, they wouldn't be letting you run your own show. That's not how this works. Yeah, I you know were... almost nothing about the TV or entertainment industry, and I know that much at least. Okay, I know more about the realm of journalism, and let me just say, yeah, no, you're not doing shit. You're getting coffee. And I'm not even saying I want to see Daphne and Fred have to do that. But I'm just saying, like, you got to lend some credence to these characters that, again, in a a previous iteration that you're intentionally following up, you can't just, like, slap all that aside or be like, oh, actually, this was what happened. Retconning, like, sucks like it's very rarely done well in any medium 
let alone a direct-to-video sequel to a direct-to-video movie from the 90s. <sighs> I don't yeah. know. That was a huge, huge bummer for me. Um, that really felt like it was, uh, it was kind of demeaning a story that they were following up, or even just like the characters. Because then you got this whole thing with like Velma being like, ah, I've always thought there was some stuff left untold from the last mystery on Zombie Island. And the characters are like, really? And then I was, that, that was me. I was like, really? You know, like, it's a supernatural mystery, but it's not like unsolved. Like, the movie's closed off. It's a, it's a closed off loop. You got everything you needed. Well, there was kind of a plot hole in the first movie, which was what happened to the treasure, which does uh, Morgan Moonscar's treasure, by the way, which does get addressed in this, but was, was all, uh, was everything else necessary? Yeah. Yeah. But that, I'll tell you what was necessary. I will tell you what is not, ne- what was necessary was towards the end of the movie. When the cats that have been lingering around the Island since the first movie ended up attacking the gang and the cast and crew. Oh, yeah. One, I love that, but I guess I'll just do a quick rundown of the basic plot. Honestly, I don't feel like we need to break down everything that happens in this movie. No, no, I agree. I thought it was kind of boring for some stretches of it, too. It was. Uh, so the, the gang, um, on previous iterations, I don't know if this is like following a specific canon. Not really. Uh, maybe... They're just solid mysteries at first. Okay. Well, um the gang has decided not to do any more mysteries after a certain lecturing from a local sheriff in Coolsville, I believe. Right. It should still be Coolsville. They didn't say exactly where they were at, but uh, let's, just, right. let's just assume it's cool. Coolsville. <laughs> okay. And uh, Fred has sold off the mystery van. Everyone's just kind of hanging out. Uh, it looks like they're doing all right, but you know, they're in high school, so they don't really have big worries, which is still a shock to me that they're in high school, but whatever. Texas. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, Scooby and Shaggy, or uh, Shaggy specifically, wins a contest uh, on a on an El- Elvira show to uh, to go to a tropical resort, and lots of fun shenanigans ensue. But oh, lo and behold, it's actually uh, Zombie Island, and they're stumbling upon mysteries upon mysteries. But before they went to the island, the rest of the gang had to promise Scooby and Shaggy that they would not investigate any mysteries. Because they just want to have a good time and relax. And I can roll with that premise because, of course, that's not going to last. And it's kind of fun to see them, like, almost like addicts. Just like, hey, so this is mysterious, right? Like, this is, this is weird. It's not just us, right? And I, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, but then it goes on way too long. And then it just gets boring. And... This movie's 80 minutes, and it does not need to be 80 minutes long. This is longer than the original Zombie Island. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you felt it, but I certainly did. I did feel it, though. Uh, I, I don't know why it's longer. Far less happens in this movie. Or I guess technically more happens, but it's just way duller. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they do jump the shark. Or should I say, jump the mansion at one point? But yay! <laughs> oh, see, I, yeah, that, like that's very overdone. But I also like that it's just very simple setup and payoff. You know, like oh, Fred misses the mystery van. Oh, he can't abandon the mystery van on the burning boat. Oh, I can't be a stunt man. 
I, I can't do my own stunts. I can't jump the house. All right. And then even the stunt man encouraging him. Like, that was a nice moment that reminded me of the original Zombie Island. Where yeah. Where it's like nice characters encouraging one another to be better. Better, you know? Like that, exactly. That, that, I like that. I, I like that quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, no, everything else kind of just like, womp womp. I mean, during that chase scene, I mean, they did have like, you know, your 60s bubblegum pop music playing, which was probably the best uh, homage to the original Scooby-Doo in this movie. The oh, music is actually surprisingly up. good. Yeah, I definitely perked up when that happened. I was like, oh, here we go. Like, the little, like, or whatever, you know, music. Yeah, it like, just... wah. Yeah, it, it, it got me. I was like, that. yeah, this is classic Scooby-Doo fun, you know? That... That was what saved the movie for me. At the time, at the time, you know, when you're going through kind of a lull in the movie, that's kind of what like exactly perked me back up as well. Yeah. Although I will say, yeah, the cat stuff leading into the the burning fairy, like that was that was kind of fun. And then at first, uh, I was very confused about like where the cat people came from because, unless I'm forgetting, those the appearance of those three cat people at the the cat attack scene is the first appearance of those cat people right yeah only there was only one that had shown up prior to that yeah and i guess that could work like you think it's a red herring oh it's not a red herring it's actually a real thing uh but it's it's not real like that's a fun sequence of events it just feels like very perfunctory like this is happening now now this is happening it just came out of nowhere, really. Yeah. And you have a sequence where there's a, a bunch of cats attacking people. That uh, the fake, was funny. The fake film crew, by the way, which is a subplot in this film, uh, which I think, again, is a fun idea that's handled very poorly. I just thought it was hilarious how, like, people were, like, implied to, like, be getting mauled by these cats. And I can't remember if it was, like, Velma or Daphne that just, like, swiped one as it was, like, lunging at them and they just like swipe their arm across at it and it just went flying this is gonna be a weird pull but have you ever seen reanimator uh no okay reanimator is a 1985 film i believe by Stuart gordon and it's uh it's based on hp lovecraft story about a mad scientist named herbert west who brings people back from the dead along with an, a reluctant assistant and he basically just ruins everyone's lives by trying to bring back the dead but that's, I promise this is related. And uh, there's a sequence in the film where uh, I don't remember if it's ever revealed, spoilers, I guess, if whether or not this Herbert killed the cat that he's reanimating. But he reanimates his, his uh, friend Dan's cat after it was killed, and the cat's just fucking crazy. And there's like a five minute sequence when they're trapped in a basement trying to kill the undead cat again. And it's fucking hysterical. That's what this sequence reminded me on uh, Return to Zombie Island, Reanimator, <laughs> which is a far better film. I want you to know that when you said Reanimator, I was thinking about the hybrid live action animated film Reanimated that was exclusively for Cartoon Network during its dark period when they tried pushing the CN real stuff. God, I don't think be... I ever saw that. It's terrible. The, the basic plot is this kid goes to this theme park that's pretty much a spoof of Disneyland where, you know, there's this uh, animator, this Walt Disney-like figure 
who you know made cartoons and it ballooned into like an empire maybe not the evil empire we know today but like it was enough that it had its own theme park and it was very influential and the kid gets hit by like a train uh at the uh at the theme park oh my god and they do surgery and they do a brain transplant of that animator whose brain they still have frozen for some reason and it's a success the thing is now he sees all the cartoon characters he's made talking to him he just uh he's just the only one that can see them and the i can't remember if it's a son or the grandson of that animator who's trying to go after the brain to use the characters to like to obviously have his knowledge of the characters to make a lot of money is pretty much his scheme, which he had tried doing like a reboot of these classic characters, which was poorly done and everything and was kind of like a disgrace to his legacy. All you got to know is just it's a terrible movie. And Sam Register, who had a very high position at Cartoon Network at the time, that was kind of like one of his brain children. Now, he's the driving force behind such series as Ben 10. I'm not sure which of the iterations of Ben 10 after the first one he was involved with. But again, that was something he had a huge hand in. He was heavily responsible for Teen Titans. So that's something I hold him in high regard for. Because it was a swing that they took and paid off beautifully. For better or worse. And middle ground, high, high, puffy Yumi. But a lot of the other stuff he's done has been just not the best. Mm. Uh, Be Cool Scooby-Doo, the one we skipped over being a a good example of that. So he was also an executive producer on this movie. So I'm going to say he's going to be partially to blame for a lot of these decisions. Yeah, honestly, it feels like there's very little decision making. Like, obviously, it's a movie. There's countless decisions that we'll never even be able to comprehend. That's just the way movies work. You got to decide so much uh, that that goes into the production of things. But it it just feels so like lifeless almost, which is kind of funny because it's about an island of zombies. Although I guess technically there are no zombies in this one. Yeah, which and... is, I'm totally fine with, honestly. Uh, if it had worked out better. I mean, yeah, that and just the characters all acting like caricatures of themselves. Now, I always, always, always find myself giving Scooby and Shaggy a pass because aside from very, very few iterations of the franchise, they usually are the same characters and that's what we love them for. But the characters of Daphne, Fred, and Velma uh more Fred and Velma in this case just act like caricatures of what they were like Velma just like obsessed with trying to solve mysteries and stuff like that the one thing I did find funny was early in the hotel when something's very clearly up and she cannot do anything about it and she just starts banging her head against the wall that was that was, caught me off guard yeah <laughs> that was very out of character for Velma <laughs> But it, 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 yeah, it was. But yeah, I agree. It was funny. And again, Fred's uh, longing for the now departed mystery machine kind of goes on a little too long. I, I, I enjoyed it. But like you said earlier, yeah, that that was too much. 
at, at times. This is totally not in our notes or anything like that, but like, I think for the 50th anniversary, it would have been kind of cool to see them take this premise, not, not Zombie Island, you could start it off there, but take the premise of them having to be like, like go through the ring or someone's trying to basically reboot their lives for their own financial gain and have them go through a bunch of different mysteries, you know? Like, I think that that could have been kind of fun just to keep, like, the setting changing and stuff like that, too, instead of constantly being like, hey, we've been here before on the same, like, location. You know, at the very least, like, remind people of, like, other stuff they've done besides Zombie Island, because this really didn't need to take place on Zombie Island. Yeah, I mean... I mean... It, it just doesn't... It doesn't have the, the life that that art style had either. It doesn't have the atmosphere of it. It's certainly not, like, scary in any capacity. Not that Scooby-Doo needs to be scary, but I think we talked about how Zombie Island was home to, like, some really creepy imagery. Like, genuinely good horror imagery. And this one's, yes. like, not at all. Well, here's a nitpick also. Why is Zombie Island, you know... Why does it have a sparse tree cover? Wasn't the original Zombie Island like in a swamp where there were all kinds of trees everywhere and that drove home like the whole scary atmosphere because, you know, it's really dark and here it's like, oh yeah, there's a tree there, there's a tree over there. And I'm just like, did again, this is a nitpick, but why? Like, why was that necessary? I don't think that's a nitpick, honestly. I think that's, I think the film is trying to do something where it's like low-key they gentrified the island to make it look like it's it's a it's a welcoming tropical resort for the game. Logging, yay. But uh I I don't think the film pulls it off either, so it does feel like why did we do this? You know? Because I mean there's there's that whole discussion about like, oh, there's plastic palm trees, you know? And um I guess the implication is that they cleared out a lot of, like, the stuff to kind of, like, make it look newer and prettier to trick the gang. But, again, it's a half measure. It, it The film does not drive that home at all. There's, like, an offline, I think, towards the end when they're like, yeah, they're plastic palm trees. And that's, like, it. Like, that's not a revelation. Or um, that, that's not even, like, a, a resolution. You know, it's just like a line of dialogue. That's not. That's nothing. No, they they don't make any reference to that. And the last two things I really wanted to bring up were they retold Zombie Island twice in this movie. In the intro credits, part of the graphics and like everything that's going on, it's retelling the events of Zombie Island through silhouettes, which I thought was a super nice touch. But then they end up just retelling the events anyway and reanimating it. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's the worst part of this film. This movie's got genuine problems, but there's nothing worse than when a sequel takes the time to explain everything that happened in the previous film. And not even like a a standalone sequel kind of way. Kind of like, you know, you can hop from like Guardians of the Galaxy to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 without like any hardcore reference to events. Yeah. But this is a direct sequel. Imagine if the Empire Strikes Back took out some time to be like, hey, remember that time you blew up the Death Star kid and how the Empire's pissed about it? Well, here's why they're pissed about it. Because you went through and then they go beat, 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 beat of A New Hope. <laughs> like, I'm that's sorry. Horrible. 
I'm sorry, but that reminded me of Family Guy. Do they do that in their no, the like, little Star Wars one? No, like Hey Lois, remember that time I blew up the Death Star? Oh, stupid! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Not really. Well, uh, well, I mean, like that's that's basically what they do, and it goes on. Like they just keep talking about it. <laughs> like how long was that? You I don't know? know. It took up several minutes. That's what. Yeah, upset- and I was like, uh, are, is are they? Is this a joke or are they just like doing it? But nope, it's not a joke. They just do it. They, uh, and I want to say that the, yeah, I like the opening credit sequence too. Also reminded me of Reanimator. Here's the <laughs> this other movie thing about reminded this. me of Reanimator, and I just really like Reanimator. Everyone watch Reanimator. I'll probably go watch it this week. <laughs> Reanimator is great. Here's the other thing though, Diego. Bo is not referenced at all. The undercover cop who was the groundsman, he's not referenced either through the cast of the movie or um, or in the flashback. Yeah, why? Why didn't he come back, you know? Yeah, because he was one of the few cops I trust. And like he was going to help shed light on this mystery because no one believed it. So he was going to team up with Daphne to tell the story. Because all the footage was was lost, remember? Mm-hmm. So, why is he not? They had Snakebike Scruggs, who had less of a role than he did. <laughs> yeah, they had the fucking red herring, and not that's so weird. I guess because they 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 aged them down to high schoolers, but then it's like that didn't even matter in the long run. Like by the halfway point of the film, none of that matters. Like they're they're retconning of like their ages and stuff like that. So it's like, even if they were going out of their way to just not confront this stuff with the character of Bo and that whole plot, like the way they retconned it just made it more difficult for themselves by adding all this extraneous nonsense. You know? Yeah. It's and... it's a weird movie and not in a good way. And to quote. Red herring from a pup named Scooby Doo. <laughs> what a bunch of weenies! Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, how how many weenies would you give this movie? Out of I, five, I'm gonna be generous and give it a two point five. But one huge reason as to why I knocked it down, aside from all the other various reasons, <laughs> is Alan. I hate Alan so much. So, so much. He sucks. It's, he sucks. It's a terrible character. Yeah, because he offers nothing new. He's just your stereotypical jerk of a Hollywood movie director. And he's the one that ends up profiting from this in the end. And I always hate endings where the jerk still ends up, like, with a payoff in the end. And the good guys get, like, nothing out of it. I would be cool if there was like a point to it, but it's not. It's just again something that just happens, you know. There's no like tension or like interest in any of the events that are like occurring on screen. Um, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna keep like rewriting this movie like throughout the the last like as as we start closing off this discussion. But uh, I think it would have been fun. Okay, so you keep all the stuff I brought up earlier about like oh they're. They're kind of hopping through like these different 
like Scooby-Doo adventures, right? And it's like, hey, we've been here before. Like, this all feels very manipulated. You find out it's being manipulated by a film director. But then, instead of a revelation that a monster is a man in a mask, you have it be a man mask for a monster, right? And it's like some demon who's like just a big Scooby-Doo fan or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, you've seen other cartoons and stuff pull it off, like that Powerpuff Girls episode where the villain was literally someone who was obsessed with the Powerpuff Girls to the point that he traps them as part of his collection. Something like that, you know? That would have been yeah, nice. That, that would have been hilarious. Oh, one of the... Mojo Jojo should have been the villain. That would have been funny. I, anything... Anything would have been better than this. Yeah, li- literally yeah. anything. Uh, this this was a huge disappointment for me. Um, I, I won't I won't give it any weenies, and I won't give it any Scooby snacks either. I'll, I'll give it a I'll, I'll give it give it to uh, two cat people, two cat yeah. people out of five cat people. D- did you have any final thoughts on this? Um, huge Besides disappointment. Not not without its moments of of. Uh, of comedy, I think it's actually very fun. I think it's consistently very funny when it's not doing the meta winking humor. Um, but everything else is kind of a a whiff, even with like some good ideas sprinkled in. Uh, All right, yeah, my, not, uh, not crazy about it. My two cents is, I know the nostalgia thing is you know huge. It's why everyone on Facebook comments, "Bring back Teen Titans." Teen Titans go sucks or. Oh, they brought they brought back Blue's Clues. Why did they bother doing that or something like that? And the thing is, people don't realize is like you're taking properties you grew up with, and they're reintroducing it to a younger audience. You are not the target audience. Stop being stop being held back by your, your nostalgia goggles because way back then things were allowed to die out and eventually take on its. Uh, like its own form if they decided to bring it back. We saw that with Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Harvey Birdman, Attorney Law, you know? And no one who grew up with those, like, cared at all that they brought it back in a completely different iteration, whereas, again, Teen Titans Go, Blue's Clues, or, like, Thundercats Roar, like, don't act like you watched the original Thundercats because you didn't. It was never popular to begin with. And my question here is, who was the target audience for this movie? Seriously, who was the target audience for this movie? You know what? I'll tell you a very sad answer. People who liked Zombie Island, and that's it. Because they knew that, they know that that's a very popular Scooby-Doo, like, aspect of the Scooby-Doo history. And they know people in our age will check it out. Uh, and so it was just a very cynical approach to to make some quick scooby-doo money for the 50th anniversary i'm willing to bet that's exactly what happened it didn't have to be you know it didn't have to be a cynical exercise i think it could have made a real like quality scooby-doo adventure out of it uh, but we did not get that and i mean know, that's fine we'll move on with our lives we'll, we'll probably forget about it the moment we stop recording this episode but uh, i mean but that is I'll, too bad i will be real with you they could they did do the uh the original Scooby-Doo Where Are You series uh, box set for the 50th anniversary. They could have re-released the first four of the direct-to-video Scooby-Doo movies, like in a Blu-ray or something, you know, something nice. Mm -hmm. But instead, we got this. And again, going back to the whole 
audience like most of the people that grew up with scooby-doo like in its 70s and 80s runs are most likely not going to check this out unless they're a hardcore scooby-doo fan and they're a completionist or something um people who grew up with zombie island might curiously check this out but i guarantee you not everyone's gonna go out of their way to check it out like you know a lot of people have kind of grown out of it and will just complain that they touch something they grew up with or something and younger kids today are like they most likely did not watch the first zombie island before this so exactly who is it for here's an idea tackle some new ground if anyone at warner brothers animation is listening to me Take Scooby and the gang to outer space. <laughs> I mean, you, Hanna-Barbera did that with Josie and the Pussycats. There was Josie and the Pussycats and Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. And the entire series was a ripoff of Scooby-Doo in the first place. So there shouldn't be any issue there, is my thing. Make you them know go what? to outer space. Make them, I don't know, just cross it over with other horror properties the way you did Supernatural. They, uh, they accidentally end up on the first large, like, colonization mission to space, right? You don't have to do it, like, for a whole series. Just do it, like, for another one of these movies. And then, oh, no, there's a space ghost on board. Oh, my God. Have Scooby-Doo meet the Xenomorph. <laughs> That's my pitch. <laughs> Scooby-Doo dies. No, I didn't say that. I guess Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, no one's no. dying. Just, you know, have him meet the Xenomorph. The only thing that's dead is good ideas for Scooby-Doo. Or, or Predator. You know, the Predator franchise is dead in the water again. So just have him meet the Predator. You know? This is this is my final thought. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and the three films that followed it up, as well as a live-action movie, as, like I said, rejuvenated Scooby-Doo to the point where it kept going. I mean, we're celebrating his, his 50th anniversary. Scooby-Doo's an icon of American animation, American pop culture, and animation in general. Those, yeah, those saved the franchise. And this one, I would argue, just keeps it afloat. That's it. It, it just keeps it going. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be another good Scooby-Doo movie in the future. And whenever it, it comes out, we'll talk about it. But until yep. then, thank you for suggesting we do this. This was this was your brainchild, Mr. Patches. So thank you very much for coming um, on. Why don't you let the people know where they can find you? You can find me at Twitter at Machapon, followed by an underscore. I'm going to be starting a just chatting Twitch stream if I haven't already. You can follow me at twitch.tv slash Machapon. And I will be starting a kind of a nostalgia, kind of nerd-based podcast with my good friend Vance, tentatively titled Don't, Don't Tell a Soul. But uh, when that gets up and running, we'll have more information for you available then. Links down to everything that's available uh, below on YouTube and SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, where you can find us and subscribe and like. Our, our, our episodes if you didn't like this like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like check me out on the twitters at the diego crespo check out the waffle press on twitter and all the other places i mentioned already and don't forget to check out the patreon which helps out the show 
and all that jazz. So we could talk about more Scooby-Doo stuff, hopefully, in the future. I'm, I'm sure they'll keep making it, because everyone they, loves Scooby-Doo. They will. This is the most popular Hanna-Barbera cartoon that's not the Flintstones, and the Flintstones has kind of been, you know, dead in the water for a while. So, yeah. I, oh, uh, there you go. How did the Flintstones meet Scooby-Doo? They get sent back in time. They met the Jetsons already. I mean, come on. There you go. Look, it's it's all right there. Uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. I think we've reached our limit for the day.